Welcome everyone to Manufacturing Talk Radio and uh, our team, Tim Grady, who's my co-host, and uh, Anthony Nieves, who's the chair of ISM Services uh, Report. And uh, we have our normal monthly meeting and uh, humorous jousting at times. Um, one of the things that uh, he's going to say is that this is a good report, so we probably have a little less to say. Anthony, welcome. Thank you for having me on the show. Always a pleasure. And uh, Tim, thanks for being on the show as well. Glad to see Glad you, David. Glad to be here, Lou. I'm always anxious to see what the services sector is doing, because as we know, that's 80% of our economy. Just Giving you the acknowledgement, Anthony. I appreciate it. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's 80% of our economy? It's more than that. Really? Oh, yes. Uh, I'm going to get a lot of email about that. I'm not sure people are going to buy into that. Well, I'm used to being the uh, stepchild in all of this. You know, you <laughs> give a lot of kudos to the manufacturing side all the time. We do. We do. However, I did lose a $5 bet last month because I said the number was going to go below 50, and it didn't. It was 50.2 with Tim Fiore, and I lost a $5 bet. Yeah, like Maxwell Smart, you missed it by that much. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so how is right. services doing, Anthony? Did we miss it by that much, or is it doing well? Well, it depends on who you ask, but I can tell you that <laughs> it's doing well. At 54.4, we're still in expansion, you know, growth territory. So uh, I always look at anything above 50 as being a good thing. Um, and it's, as I've mentioned in the past, that we're measuring that uh, directional uh, rate of uh, change month over month. And we're down 2.3 percentage points uh, in regards to the uh, composite index. Keep in mind, 16 of the 18 industries reflected growth month over month. And we're not quite where we were in the past. This 54.4 is you know, a low reading compared to what we've experienced over the past uh, 12 month running uh, uh, numbers or even going back to almost two years. But we had all that pent up demand coming out of the pandemic that really uh, reflected some high numbers for this report. Well, I feel like uh, while everyone's worried about recession, I feel like we're on a cross-country car trip and everyone's saying, are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> Very much so. I mean, uh, I, I mentioned this on the teleconference uh, for the release this morning. And uh, interesting enough, I had some sidebar conversations with, with some people in, in different industries. And the corporate mindset, as we know, is when we hear about potential economic headwinds, recession, whatever, the, the mindset is they go into this uh, strategic planning, cost containment, strategic cost management, you know, want to, uh, I'll use the analogy, uh, keep your powder dry in the storm. We're almost talking ourselves into the storm, right? So we always do. Yeah. Cut back on the capital projects. Let's uh, not backfill those positions. Let's uh, spend only when we need to. Let's not replenish and, until we absolutely have to. I understand that. I've been through it multiple times through multiple recessionary periods. 
but sometimes that actually does propel us right into the recession as everyone just stops spending. And, uh, you know, there's the elements of what causes a recession. We've talked about it in the past. We have, um, when we have high unemployment, contraction, and high inflation. Right now, what we're battling is that high inflation, high prices. Unemployment, it's low, right? It's low right now. Certain industries have experienced uh, turnover, or not turnover, but high unemployment, and they've cut back, and that's just because of the nature of their business and, and the demand side. We know that from an information, and most notably, the biggest contributor to GDP right now is real estate rental and leasing. So um, they're, they've cut back on some of their things, obviously, and then we're looking at this, um, how, how do we go forward? I think right now, and Tim Fury said this a few days ago um, during the release for the manufacturing numbers that he sees that there's potential contraction down the road. Maybe you can win the $5 back, Lou. But, uh, you know, he didn't think there would be a, a long, deep recession. And, you know, Tim and I talked about this when we were together a, a few weeks back in D.C. And uh, I concur with his assessment of that. I think that... Uh, you know, we definitely have these potential headwinds in front of us, uh, but um, the economy just seems to be quite resilient and strong right now. And unless we start to see the employment picture change, I don't think we'll get into that deep-rooted recession. I could be wrong. I'm not, you know, I'm not perfect, but uh, I try to be like Lou as best I can. I, I take that as a compliment. Thank you. Uh, you resemble fact that. The fact, the fact of the matter is, Tim Fiore did offer to, to take on another bet, but because we're sort of neither here nor there with regards to the recession, I asked him for odds, and he wouldn't give me odds. So, no bet. Well, we don't want you to keep losing money, Lou. we got to keep this show going, okay? Well, at four to one, I would have taken the bet. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, so things are really moving along. Uh, I'd like to like you to comment on about the new orders. Well, we see that striking. pullback. Yeah, 4.1 percentage points. But again, 60.6 was a very strong number for yeah. new orders, right? And at 56.5, that's still a decent number uh, reflecting what's in a, a decent index uh, reading for what's reflecting what's in the pipeline here. So I think that right now, uh, what we're seeing in the, in the services sector, uh, what our respondents have told us, they're anticipating a decent holiday season. Uh, we shouldn't have, um, um, uh, right now the spending is still out there, even though consumer confidence has waned just a bit. So I think we'll finish up this year uh, somewhat along the lines of where we are right now, mid fifties on the composite index, might dip down a little bit. 2023 is going to be the telltale sign. Um, and I think that um, uh, we'll see a little bit of pullback in January as we always do historically. It'll probably pick up in the latter part of the month going into February. Uh, the first half of 2023 will, should be okay. Um, you know, it's a crystal ball for what happens on the second half of the year next year. We might get a better feel for that when our semi-annual forecast comes out um, in the, the first week of December. Uh, right after the, the monthly release. But you know, to answer your question about new orders directly, um, we're still, we still got a decent amount of activity in the pipeline. So it seems. 
so it seems good it's good news anthony i'm curious about cycle time in services we know in manufacturing it can be six months to several years what's the cycle time in services because you know lou's enjoying a wonderful backlog right now they're manufacturing as fast as they can but he's got the biggest backlog he's ever had because it takes time to complete the forgings what is it in services it depends on the industry but for the most part in the services sector it's demand pull and it's not so much i i don't correlate it to um uh, just in time but there's less less reliance on inventories in the uh, services side and you're dealing in tangible goods for certain industries, but most others are not dealing in tangible goods other than what they consume themselves. And so uh, the cycle time is definitely a lot shorter. It's a, it's a, it's definitely, uh, as I said, demand pull, hand to mouth type. It's um, uh, just a lot less cycle time. Um, I just feel that we're less remedial on the services industry versus the manufacturing side. One of the industries that uh, I found very interesting in your report was mining, which I don't understand fully why mining is in the services report, but that's a whole other story. But the point is that uh, uh, it's your number one uh, lead industry right now. And it's usually at the bottom. Yes, and that's when I wanted to trade it over to manufacturing, but I couldn't get rid of it. So now, now Tim wants it. He wants that in construction too. But unfortunately, I don't uh, determine the NAICS code and how it winds up. Right? Gotta hold on. <laughs> but percentage-wise, again, you know, it's interesting when you look at the breakdown of all the eighteen industries and in, on the services side, with uh, real estate, rental, and leasing being around 22% contribution to GDP. You look at the top four after that, it falls down into single percentage uh, contribution to GDP. So it's spread out all over the place. So mining is, uh, even though it's the leading industry there, it's not a, a large contributor in when you look at it in totality of, of the uh, services sector. I'll have to tell Tim don't take mining. It's going to <laughs> only if he could trade it back when it's when it's not doing well. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Anthony, the the restaurant industry is always an interesting one to watch. I know Lou and I do the same thing. What? How much traffic is on the road, and how many people are in the restaurant's parking lot? Because if the parking lot's full, the economy is good. How are they doing? Well, you know, interesting enough, when you look at the, um, and that falls in the uh, accommodation and food services um, industry, but restaurants are doing it. And again, I can't speak for every single restaurant and keep in mind how many closures we had during the pandemic, right? So there's a lot less of them out there. And some restaurants are doing well, others not so much, but this is that time of year where they'll start getting busy again, September, October, as, as everyone went back to school and you had the um, different holidays that impacted restaurant traffic um, in, in those months, now it's starting to pick up again. They still are struggling on, the, they, they actually showed a, a growth on the employment side, but they're struggling trying to find workers in the caliber and quality of workers as well. So that industry, you know, customer facing industries have really experienced a tough time on the employment side. But anyway, to answer your question, 
uh, Tim, that um, again, for the most part, there's been that, we, we know we had that pent up demand where everyone hit restaurants really hard coming out of the pandemic. We had a little bit of a lull in the, uh, in the beginning of the fall and now it seems to be uh, picking up activity wise again. And to your point about traffic, my gosh, you know, those are some of the uh, variables that uh, I look at uh, just driving um, on the 405 to, uh, to my office. Uh, it's just the traffic is incredible. The 101, the 405 out here in Los Angeles, you know, the standing joke we have out here in LA is, you know why they call it the 405? I was going to ask. Because <laughs> no matter where you're going, it takes four or five hours to get there. <laughs> <laughs> When I first moved to Los Angeles, I was going to drive down to San Diego, and I asked somebody, how far is it to San Diego? And they said, four or five hours. I said, no, how far is it? He said, it doesn't matter. It's how much traffic there is. <laughs> no, the, the, the key answer is when someone says, how, how long is it going to take me to get to San Diego? And you say, what time of day? Right. <laughs> if you go at two o'clock in the morning, you can get down there in two hours. But if you go at two o'clock in the afternoon, it might take you half a day. <laughs> right. <laughs> so who's you know, out there in the services sector bragging on how well they're doing? Anthony, anybody? Well, if you look at, um, you know, the 18 industries and Lou touched on it, mining is bragging right now. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> You know, and then followed by um, agriculture, forestry, fishing, and hunting. Then you have arts, entertainment, and recreation, transportation, and warehousing. Rounding out the top five is accommodation and food services. You know, I, I can't help but dwell on this whole logistics of driving around Los Angeles. Someone asked me about getting to San Diego, and I said, they asked me what was the fastest way to get there. I said, okay. If you leave our offices, when this when I was in Beverly Hills, so you leave our offices and you drive out over the canyon and you get down to Burbank. And when you get to Burbank, you go to the airport, you jump on a plane, you take the plane and fly down to San Diego and you'll get there fastest. It's so true. The 405 when I was out there used to be a, a rush hour mob scene from eight in the morning till eight at night. Now it's 24 seven it's, it's been that way for a long time it's a 24-hour highway it's like las vegas 24 hours fun and games well over 20 years ago i moved from uh, phoenix uh scottsdale to to uh, la area out in, out in the uh, canal valley thousand oaks and i had to drive in the 101 to beverly hills and i grew up in new york city i, I drove a, a private car cab when i was in college i mean i I felt like I was an accomplished driver. I'm on the 101 and I look at these people driving at 80 miles an hour, bumper to bumper, all right? I was like, I felt like I should have someone in, with me in the car, hanging out the window, shooting at the car behind them. I mean, it was just <laughs> insane. Yeah, it's more like Talladega. <laughs> well, in Shanghai, when you're on a highway and when they have a, a multiple car uh, incident, it's like 50, 60, 70 cars. And it takes about three or four days to clear the highway. Because when they go 80 miles an hour and they're tailgating, they're like almost hooked to the bumper of the car in front of you. 
Oh, I've, I've been in Shanghai and it's insane. And I, I remember having a car take us to a factory from um, Shanghai down to Hangzhou and we're driving on the highway and I see the um, indicator light on the dashboard that says low tire pressure. And I'm doing the conversion because it was reading uh, uh, kilometers per hour and we're doing over 90 miles an hour. And the lady next to me said, you don't have your seatbelt on. And I looked over at her, I said, I don't want it on. I want to be thrown clear. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the neat things that I like in Shanghai is that they have these uh, cardboard silhouettes of a police car that they leave on the side of the road with the lights flashing. Have you yeah, ever seen that? People. No, I have not. <laughs> That's a scream. I mean, you ride the highway, you look down the road, you oh, you got to slow down. There's a cop car there. <laughs> and all yeah. it is is a wood, wood silhouette with lights on top. You know, not to go off on this tangent, but I thought Shanghai was bad. I'll never forget the time I showed up in Cairo and we had a car take us from, from the airport over to the hotel. And one of the British guys I was with traveling with said to me, oh, you're going to be nervous. I said, no, no, I'll be fine. He was almost crying in the back seat of the car. He was feeling like a little kid. He was so scared because we watch people make a mistake and get off the wrong exit and just start backing down to get back on the highway <laughs> against traffic. <laughs> uh, nothing have you been to india one last traffic story have you ever <laughs> been to india yeah it's like cairo on steroids <laughs> we were we landed at the airport we're going to the hotel and we have to go around a traffic circle now most people go around the traffic circle one way not in india they go three ways left yeah, any which way straight across <laughs> you want to talk about scared i think instead of crying i think i wet my pants uh, I, I tell you I've, I've seen it where the mirror the side mirror on the car would just brush against people that were standing on the side of the road yeah, i, I yeah. was incredible well most cars don't have the side mirrors anymore because they get knocked off when they ride too close to a car oh yeah you look over at the scooter next to you and yeah. you see the entire family sitting in the well. <laughs> it's like, what the heck? <laughs> oh, well. Phil, we, talking we, about we, Shanghai, how are uh, the ships in Shanghai moving along and transportation since that's part of services? Has it caught up, Anthony? Uh, you know, we were in such a state two years or even 18 months ago. Now nobody talks about it anymore. They're still experiencing challenges with these plant closures. Every time there's a COVID case, they shut the whole entire factory down. So that's still happening. You know, we've had this easing of bottlenecks in the supply chain, but there are still impediments in place. Uh, there is still, uh, again, granted the, the queue of ships right outside of the Port of Los Angeles and Long Beach at one point was up near 130 container ships offshore. It's less than 30 now. But there's still some some slowing in the deliveries as it relates to uh, overland trucking, warehousemen, the whole the whole logistics piece still has. It's not as bad as it was the first half of of this year, but uh, certainly uh, it's not perfect. It's still it still has its challenges. 
in our manufacturers and companies able to find trucks and drivers here in the U.S. to move their goods? Is that, or is that still a, a pretty tough bottleneck? Yeah, it's still a bottleneck, and it depends on what area of the country. You, you can talk to some people in certain states, and they don't have any issues with trucking, and others, uh, there is challenges. And it's, uh, but overall, still not enough drivers, not enough equipment, not enough racks, um, and there's still challenges offloading from the ships, uh, not just to the dock, but from the dock into warehouses. There's some warehouses that are overstocked, depending on the commodity items. I was convinced uh, some months ago that when California passed, uh, I don't know if it was a law or a proposition, that independent truck drivers could no longer be independent. They had to be an employee of the trucking company for which they were doing hauling, that you wouldn't be able to get a truck in California. Has there been much impact of that? There's, 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 a bit, there's truck availability uh, right now. It's, uh, it's more about getting enough drivers, not so much because of the, um, what they passed in regards to the uh, employee status, but it's more about just having drivers on the road. And uh, California is not an issue right now, as far as that is concerned. Last time I talked to somebody in transportation, uh, they've actually had a little bit of a slowdown on certain things, and there's been a buildup of some retail products right now in their warehousing uh, section. But Overall, it's not been the, the uh, uh, it's not greatly impacted uh, out here in, in LA. It seems as though uh, that container costs have come down significantly also uh, coming into California. So that's yes, uh, considerably. So that's a, that's a, a good thing for uh, particularly retailers and so on because the cost of getting goods here from uh, Asia has been uh, a real catastrophe. It has been. And, and again, you know, I, I, I just recently uh, had seen something about how factories are, like I, I was talking about how factories close down when they have a COVID case. Uh, it's still an issue. That's why we've seen the, the uh, imports has not been, um, if you look at the last few months, it's not been as strong uh, this month as it was last month, came down a little bit, just 0.9 percentage points. Yeah. But we'll also see that slow down again after the first of the year when they have uh, the Chinese New Year coming up. Correct. Yes, that and after Christmas, they've already delivered their Christmas goods. So I would expect to see a slowdown. Anthony, in the overall, sounds like a great report. Uh, how does it compare to GDP? And can you sum it up for us as we begin to wrap up this segment. When we look at the composite index of 54.4, you convert that on an annualized basis, it's 1.5 percentage point GDP. So it's come down a bit. I can't emphasize enough, we still have growth. Uh, the economy is still growing, uh, albeit it's at a slower pace, slower rate. Uh, but again, you know how, how sustainable were some of those numbers we had seen in the early part of the year uh, with the uh, NMI, uh, or I should say PMI composite index over, over 60. That just was not sustainable. And so going forward uh, and looking at this report in totality, uh, there are some bright spots here that have continued. Uh, again, emphasizing 16 of 18 industries reflecting growth. Uh, that's that's a good thing. And um, I think, uh, as I've mentioned previously on the show, 
that will finish out the year uh, along these lines. We might side, move sideways a little bit. I don't anticipate the composite index uh, going down substantially. If anything, it might pop up a little bit with the holiday sales. And that uh, you know, going to, into the first quarter of next year will be a telltale sign uh, of how that balance of the year, uh, what, what we can project. Well, it all sounds pretty good, and I'm looking forward to that first, second quarter of next year because all that backlog is sitting there, and I need to get it shipped. So we're, that's uh, that's a, a real plus for the beginning of 23. So that being said, uh, well, uh, welcome to the show, and uh, look forward to seeing you next month. And uh, Tim? Yes, certainly. Thank you for being here, Anthony. Well, thank you. I always appreciate it. I always get up to speed on my traffic patterns around the globe. And <laughs> I think we'll have you do a special traffic report. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we need a green screen so we can say over here and <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, thank you everyone for being with us. Uh, while you're uh, driving around on the web, stop by jacketmediaco.com or check us out on YouTube. And if you like what you hear, there's a subscribe button. Press the subscribe button, share us with your friends. And thank you for being with us on this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Bye all. We'll be talking to you next month. So, All right. Thanks, no, we, have a, we have another report coming up in early December, right? Yes, yes we, we do. do. Yep. Same annual forecast. We'll see you then. You take care. You too. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.